Hi guys, and welcome to the latest Iris podcast. I am your host, MC, and a lady in the streets, but a freak in the sheets, Kaid. Yeah! Thank you. I was waiting for that. Today with us, we have Adam Tyler, whose film, Just Me, has been shortlisted for British Best Short, supported by Film 4. And the winner will receive, drumroll, services by Pinewood Studio and get a worldwide, a UK-wide audience from Film 4 on All 4. Hey, Adam, how's it going? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming over. I'm sorry about the mess. I wasn't expecting company. <laughs> um, how have you been? Tell me what you've been up to. Um, yeah, a lot of writing in my living room while being locked down <laughs> in the house. I imagine everyone's answer to that has been kind of similar. No, some people have been like doing a lot of like workouts, like finding themselves. So I would have accepted that. Some of too. that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gardening, yes. quite a lot of gardening. Are you good at gardening? Yeah, I've got better. Yeah, love it. <laughs> What's your favorite flower? Oh, um, my favorite flower. It's kind of mm, lavender. I'm gonna say lavender today. All right, that's yeah. good today. Yeah, it can change. It can there's a lot. Of, there's there's a lot of flowers. <laughs> are there? I think I only know about like six flowers, and that's about <laughs> like actual names. I know there are more than six, but six are the ones I know confidently. Well, yeah. Thank you for coming. I like to treat my interviews as if they're a first date. Okay. So I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions just to you know see if we connect, see if it's worth carrying on this podcast or (laughs) if we should just say goodnight at the door and delete each other's numbers. Perfect. Does that sound okay for you? So the most important question to me, what star sign are you? Libra, but I had to think about it. I haven't thought about that for a really long time. It's something really close to my heart. Cool. I like a Libra. They're good, quite balanced, quite fair, a little bit indecisive sometimes. Yes. And can tend to be sometimes unconfrontational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? I know you. I, <laughs> I, can, I can feel that Libra energy. What would you say is your biggest pet peeve? What's a pet peeve? Like something that really like annoys you. Like something that, like that thing that like just gets under your skin. Um, oh, uh, uh, that is a really good question. Um, Thank you. I've been on many dates. Uh, I'm gonna have to give the non-answer, which is that I just I like to try and find a positive spin on uh, on almost everything. That's absolutely that's fine. That's a, that's a lovely answer. Cool. You can be like me and just waiting for someone to annoy you so you can leave. But no, you try and find good. I like that. Uh, what superpower would you have if you could have any superpower in the world? Um, I would have the power to cure coronavirus. <laughs> that would be my first power. No, but you only get one. I'm going in, all in on the topical oh, answers. Yeah, great. Um, okay, well, that would have to be it then. So then you'd use it and then? Uh, and then, you'd yeah, have... no, there's better ones. Yeah. Let, let me think of a different one. Go um on. That's a lazy answer. I, oh, superpower. I mean, I, I would have to go for something like big and grand um, and like... I, <laughs> curing inequality or something well, like that. That is all. I know I really like the fact that your powers are very much like savior. I'm really like self-absorbed. So all my powers are like shoot fire or like move things with my, like nothing that helps anyone. But like, I think that I look really cool doing it. Well, I guess I'm quite, it would depend on the situation, wouldn't it? If you put me in a particular situation, then I would probably have just a circumstantial answer that yeah. would be like, yeah, yeah. If it was like, we're going to a party, then that would be different. That's fair. No, I, ex- I accept that answer. I think it's great cool. and last question on my dating list yeah what would you say is your favorite thing about yourself um 
Thank you for asking. Um, these are really hard questions. <laughs> this is how intense they get easier from here. Yeah. What is my favorite thing about myself? Um, Self-love is quite a new concept for me. Um, and uh, so right now I would go for, uh, I think that I am a very caring partner and uh, I guess I'm proud of that. Yeah, so you should be. I just, I like to ask people it because I think a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking of all their negative qualities. Yeah. We all do. I can, I, I joke around and talk about how amazing I am, but that's because that's not a joke. Um, but we should be able to like acknowledge the things that we love about ourselves too. And Agreed. I think it's very important. And I think that Iris is like a brilliant context for those kinds of conversations. Right? Yeah. Well, I've never loved myself more than doing Iris stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Plug in. <laughs> so your film, Just <laughs> Me brilliant film and i'm glad to see that you relax now they were very very nervous about my intense dating questions so what was your inspiration behind writing it so i a close friend of mine um was uh having some realizations about their gender identity um and i'd done a number of short films for this educational charity platform called TrueTube um, that I've been lucky enough to work with for a few years. And they've been in the structure of these um, extended, like idealized dialogues between two characters who sometimes might be on polar opposite sides of an argument or might be like in some kind of a relationship, but with tension between them that they're trying to figure out. And it, it came out of the idea of wanting basically to see like the, as a believer in communication, the dream conversation that could help uh, like a young audience understand like a wide range of um, uh, aspects of a topic like extremism or um, we did one for sex and relationships education as well for schools and so it seemed because gender identity is a topic that I, I would say most people like haven't had the opportunity to spend a lot of time thinking about or, or learning about it seemed like a really good format to to kind of do that in and and um, it's obviously a, a can be a really challenging thing in a relationship when somebody begins to question their gender identity and realize who they really are, and uh, that seemed like a kind of ripe opportunity for doing something quite dramatic but also useful, which is what I always want to be <laughs> with the stuff that I make. Well, it definitely was useful, a hundred percent. Like even as like a queer person, like watching it made me think of stuff that I hadn't even thought about for people who were non-binary, um, transgender, gay. It just opened a whole different uh, window that I was like, oh, I've never actually even thought about that. Um, I think one of the biggest questions that I had for the film was, um, why do you think that um, Jazz's boyfriend, uh, Charlie in the film, mm. uh, t can't quite wrap his head around that, like he takes it quite hard, the change? Um, why do you think that is for people? Yeah, so that was a really, I felt like it was really important to, and I hope that people do feel this, to like give space and airtime for like a partner who is faced with this new information and has to kind of process it because I think that like a lot of the time people can feel like um, they're, fear or uncertainty about things changing in the world is like not is not heard and i think that's how we kind of become divided is is uh you know is it, 
you can you can get people double down on their prejudices as a result of not having the space to you know express how it feels to have your worldview challenged you know in that way and and I think um, there's lots of reasons um, like I, I, I wouldn't want to kind of claim to know all of them but I think that um, you know we all grow up deep in the gender binary um, and it's a paradigm that is so it, it affects the parameters of our worldview it, 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 it's something that on a on a daily basis we are we're exposed to the gender binary as we, I was in Pannington station this morning and you know I I still have to obviously you know um actually sorry can I can I cycle back I'm rambling um so um there are a lot of reasons I think that Charlie reacts um out of fear and out of insecurity and I think what was important for us to tap into and I think this is one of the opportunities that drama gives you is that ultimately in the film uh, his insecurity is about losing somebody he loves um and it was really striking when researching the film like hearing from people who've been through that experience of being on that side of a relationship when your partner is is um realizing their gender identity and to hear about the the yeah the the, the fear of of Sorry, I'm I'm rambling again. I'm it's okay. Sorry. We can jump uh, on to another question. Yeah, I feel like there's probably you, there's probably an out in there somewhere. Yeah. For, for Harrison. No problem. <laughs> um. So they ha uh, Jazz has a line in the film mm. uh, where they say, uh, "I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, um, about you're a kid and it's all fine, and all of a sudden then your parents decide that you're gonna they're gonna sign you a gender." Um, why do you think that it's so accepting for like the kids to do it? Because it must be quite a shock to them. It's something that I hadn't even thought about that you're allowed to like, I remember I was younger and was allowed to play with dolls and act like that. And then at some point I got given footballs and I had to start doing that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I, I would hesitate to put it on parents because I think it, it's, it's just, it's social, it's cultural. Mm -hmm. um, it's something people do without even thinking about. Um, I was, rereading my treatment for the film that I wrote on the way here and one of the things that I'd written was um about how a lot of the harm that's um caused by uh, uh that's caused to the emotions and psychologies of of people who are gender non-conforming um or or trans is done without the person who might be doing it having any awareness whatsoever that they're doing it because um again we, we're not given the we're not given the tools we're not given the knowledge um to uh you know place our expectations of our kids and of each other you know in that wider context of the fact that gender is a social construct and and uh and and so i think yeah i i, I mean i realize now that uh, there are aspects of becoming like uh you know being brought up as a teenage boy that i found traumatic but i didn't really I, I only realized that really recently um and and i kind of feel like there are things which are cut off from even if you never question your gender and and you know you you remain within the gender binary for your entire life and you, you're comfortable there there are things that at that age you're deprived of mm -hmm. um 
on quite an arbitrary basis, which I think is really sad, you know. And I think it's it's um, I I, um, I I do wonder like what other selves kind of everybody has uh, you know available to them if they were given the choice like at a certain age to be something different and to be interested in different things yeah that's beautiful no i like that just giving like what else is inside you that you have that just got limited from society xyz yeah there's another really beautiful thing that you say in a line in the film and i was i haven't been cried for a long time but i was in sitting in north wales in a lovely little cottage and then jazz says that um i can't remember what charlie says and jazz replies but it's not a gray area i'm all the colors um what did you mean by that what did you want people to feel from that so I I don't know if I can take full credit for that line. <laughs> I think it came up in the research um, uh, and I in some form. Um, obviously, it's also kind of built into the like the queer rainbow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I, I guess when you're writing, you're always looking for ways to... You're always looking for metaphors and, you know, ways to try to, like, capture an idea that is complex and might seem to might be too abstract um and it's that's as visual as as you can get right with a with with one of those um i think um it speaks a little bit to the fact that people perceive uh some even when you perceive gender to be a a spectrum um it's it's it can be perceived as a spectrum between um uh, being a man and being a woman or being something in between. And I, I would probably challenge that as well to say that um, that is what, just as a way of talking about it, just to kind of in, in the linguistics of it, like that, is, that ends up with the phrasing of, oh, you're in a gray area, um, which is not only like reductive, um, it, 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 it's unnecessarily limiting as well, I think, um, because there are all sorts of ways of like, uh, dressing or expressing or behaving um, or talking and they don't all have to sit in between these two fixed points that we've kind of learnt we've yeah. all learnt to live live by needlessly yeah no for sure that absolutely makes sense so you're making the film what scene to you struck out the most what was the one that you were like that hit my heart <laughs> it makes me laugh because the film is basically a one scene yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean which, yeah. which part um <laughs> So for me, when making it, um, it's actually one shot really early on. Um, and we shot it. The actors are in it, but they weren't there while we were shooting it. There's a shot of a, a, a few photos on the inside walls of the boat where the film's set um, just before the long silences that kind of start off the film. Um and we'd taken these photos earlier in the week and it's uh, it's Jazz and Charlie in the park as if, you know, a couple of years ago in their relationship. Um, and uh, what we wanted to do was create these photos where um, Charlie looks completely relaxed and comfortable in his own skin. And Jazz, you wouldn't know if you didn't know, but Jazz is not comfortable and not and not relaxed and so we went out and took these photos on the monday of our shooting week and fion who is the fion evans who is the phenomenal actor who plays uh jazz in the film um they are also non-binary and uh so i think without wanting to put words into their mouth i think they understood 
sort of quite intuitively what I was going for. Mm. And it's something that I've seen in photos of myself from the past as well, um, that a lot of people are uncomfortable in front of the camera. And this is similar, but also slightly different. Um, you don't necessarily know why you're uncomfortable. Um, and so, and I was going through my own journey while we were making the film as well. And we, so we were just shooting this cutaway. It was me and the director of photography and the production designer uh, and a photo on the wall. And Toby, Toby Lloyd, my wonderful director of photography, I start name checking people, very important. Um, uh, we were just doing this move in around the, around the lamp onto this photo and I could see the expression that Fiona had done in the photo earlier in the day. And I just recognized it so deeply and profoundly in myself. And I just started crying uh just well i just had to like i just had to like step away and um and it was it really uh took me by surprise um i think you know when it when you when your actors are there obviously as a director you've got to be very much on top of everything and so i think that that kind of thing is sort of less likely to happen but there was something about like the safety of that space and what i saw in Fionn's amazing performance in a still image um, that got to me. But um, uh, yeah, I think it's probably unlikely that that's the most emotive part of the film for any of the audience members because at that point, no one has any idea what's going on. Um, but yeah, that was what got me. That's so beautiful. And I'm, I'm going to rewatch this when I go home now and see <laughs> and actually look out for it. That's so powerful. Like there's so much story just behind like that picture where they like, just look a bit uncomfortable well they're tiny details aren't they and you really hope that they do a thing um that 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 the cumulative effect of them and the intent is part of the impact that the story has by the end and that even though you don't notice it when you're watching it the first time that that it helps you feel the authenticity of the depth of the relationship and you know all, all the things that you you have to do to just make a world exist from from nothing which is always a terrifying thing oh, you just assume that people are going to be like well that's not very convincing <laughs> you know um and um so I, yeah i hope it adds something well even though it's subtle i mean you literally just told me about it and my like heart is like <laughs> if i start like warbling in my voice it's because i'm crying so um was it important for you that you had someone who was actually non-binary play jazz yeah it was, it was. And I really wavered around this, I think, thing that probably a lot of people who are, you know, casting um, people with specific experiences go around, which is that argument that is very, like, widespread of, you know, do you get, like, the right person or the best person? And uh, so I went around with that for a while, and I was like, that's, that's, bullshit uh and actually the, the the reason why that argument exists is because the right people haven't had enough access to the industry you know there are almost no roles out there that are gender non-conforming roles you know um and uh obviously as a gender non-conforming actor you don't have to just play gender non-conforming <laughs> roles of course but um I was just like, well, it might be difficult to find someone who is the right fit, but they're definitely out there. And so we'll just put in as much effort as we need to, to, to find them. So we reached out to, um, there are a few agencies specializing in queer talent in London. Um, so we reached out to them um, and uh, did open calls on all the, all the casting platforms. Um, and just, you know, uh, we, we were consulting with this 
wonderful charity called gendered intelligence um as well in london they've got like a network of young performers so we really just put out as many like feelers as we could and we ended up having um i think two-thirds of the actors who read for jazz so maybe like 20-ish actors were trans and or gender non-conforming actors and all three of the actors who we shortlisted for jazz were so uh, yeah i think it i think it's i think it's important because it's important to create more opportunities for those who are underrepresented in the industry. I think it's important because it's also better for the work, like, you know, um, and Fionn is the right person and the best person. They they were brilliant in it. Like, I, <laughs> my voice is getting all soft because it, it was, honestly, I just found it so beautiful. I found, like, their interaction beautiful. I found the struggle between them beautiful and that, like, internal battle that charlie was going through of trying to understand it but not wanting to lose them um there's two really another two basically every moment of this film was great for me <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's you. two parts that i really really loved which um uh jazz uh, starts going to um leave and they say i just want to be me and um charlie's like well what 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 is me and they start explaining and Charlie's like, oh, well, yeah, you are funny. And it's like getting them to realize like you're still the same person. Um, that really like rang. I'm glad that <laughs> came across. Yeah, because I think it's so easy to be boxed by your, I mean, can I say like minority characteristics? Do you yep. know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's so, it's so easy to, so easy to be perceived, I think, as, you know, to be, to be defined by the thing about you that is not conforming to like you know the majorities you know whether it's on whether it's your ethnicity or your gender or your sexuality um and that's a real problem in culture and storytelling you know that like the the i mean i i'm slightly self-conscious about the fact that this is another queer coming out film do you know what i mean like even though i hope it's a really sophisticated one um but i so many of the so many of the stories um out there about about queer people are coming out stories and and that's important but we also need lots of other different stories where where our queerness is just like completely incidental you know and and um and so that was an idea that I had quite early on that I really wanted to um, give us the opportunity to open up this seam into everything else that that jazz is, and and for them as a character, you know, it's it's. And I I, I think that to your question that you asked me at the beginning that I struggle so much with of like what do you love about yourself? You know, we don't have the spaces socially to have those conversations, and so it, I hope that. It's some good modeling for people to, you know, appreciate themselves when they've watched the film. No, definitely. And it's like you said, um, something that I've thought about um, when you talk about minorities and uh, so for being a gay person of color, every time you see a lot of the time you see, I shouldn't say every time, a lot of the time uh, you watch films, it's about them coming out and how hard it was for their family. And yeah. that is absolutely a massive issue that should always be addressed. But yeah there are some people like like me who had a lovely time and it, it's not relatable and then you it kind of exiles you a little bit because you're like well that wasn't me so do i not have a place because yeah. it wasn't her. do you know do you know what i mean totally but no they they just i 
just love it. <laughs> and then the moment where um, Charlie kisses um, Jazz's hair, when, like, because it starts off and, like, that's what seems to have been, like, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. And Charlie's just so worked up and that's that's the thing you can wrap his head around. And then when he starts coming around and he kisses uh, Jazz's head, jeez. That, I think it's so important to show compassion and love on screen. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it's a really interesting bind because like you, one of the earliest things that you learn as like a writer is if whatever form of like even just studying English or something at school like that conflict is the core of drama. You know, and it. I remember thinking it in the first um, the first time I tried to make a film, one of these films, which was about extremism, um, and. The setup is kind of, it, when I describe it, it's quite, it sounds quite trite, but like there's a, a kind of um, far right, like semi-fascist sort of young man in, in his early 20s and a, a fundamentalist a Muslim young man in his early 20s uh, and they're in a ruckus in, a, in an alleyway and then this... Um, this is a tangent, but I will explain why this is relevant. <laughs> I believe you. Um, this is thank you. This um, and uh, basically the the arc of the film in a similar way to this one is that through conversation it becomes like a pressure valve to the. So it starts with them literally beating each other up, but then by the end of the film they've reached a kind of accord and a companionship and talked out a lot of the things that sort of divide them and realize how similar they are in, in a lot of ways. And when I was coming up with that idea. I was quite concerned about the fact that I felt like the film was just going to get gradually less dramatic from the first second to the end and that that would not work as a film, if you see what I mean, that, that it wouldn't fit with the kind of shape that, that we're familiar with of, of uh, a peak of kind of conflict at the, just before the very end. And, um, and <laughs> why did I stop talking about that train of thought? Um, and so... I I do think it's something that we have to work really hard like as as writers to figure out how to show and and I because I work for young audiences quite a lot as well and 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 this this film in part you know is made with a young young audience in mind how to show and model like compassion and allyship and listening you know and communication and 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 that Charlie does there even though I think he's not he's not quite there with everything yet he's not he doesn't completely understand but he recognizes the importance of that gesture of love you know um so i'm happy that it resonated with you it's it's toby that uh, my, my dps it's it's his favorite moment in the film as well it absolutely completely resonated it would it just said everything it needed to say and i think you touched on this just again and also earlier that sometimes people expect when you give them news about yourself that they're gonna they're expected to react perfectly uh straight away and sometimes it, just, it is like retraining your brain from everything that you've been like systematically told yeah. um and i love the like um jazz sort of goes to leave but also gives them the time to like process it and then also Charlie being like, I, I, "Can we just talk? I um I want to understand." And they, I'm assuming obviously because the film ends that they have a night of talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um that that was obviously. I mean, it's the very end of the film. It was the the last line that we shot, and it it, it was Charlie saying, 
um, Sam Buchanan, shout out, wonderful actor. <laughs> Do work with him as well. Um, uh, Charlie uh, saying, I want to, can we just talk some more? I want to understand more. Uh, and I think that's, that's, I, I could be really grand and say that, I feel like that's, that, that could sum up like my intent as a filmmaker in a, in a wider sense, you know, um, it, it, it's an incredible medium for sharing our differing experiences mm -hmm. of the world. And, and I think that, um, again, like just, it's, it's a good thing to model, isn't it? Like, you know, it, 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 we don't all have to be completely on top of everything that's going on mm -hmm. to be able to extend that hand and be like, okay, I'm first of all, I'm just, I'm just going to listen to start with, you know? Um, so it, it was very moving to like call that it was a rap after seeing Sam like nail that line. That was, that was great. It was great. So you said this like really early at the start of the interview and it's just something that sort of like rang out of me about like, do you think that everyone has that access to just love whoever? And it's kind of more of a society thing that like stops us from doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people go through things obviously at a really young age that are, like extraordinarily difficult and damaging and so you know to to place i wouldn't want to place that presumption on on everybody that you know you you, you need to have the like the wherewithal and the initiative to like extend love to everyone because it, it it it's not easy and and it's much harder i mean i i'm i'm very conscious of my privilege in a lot of different ways and and i've had some trauma in my life but but not not too much and um and but i do no i do really think that and th and this is what this is why i get so angry with um a lot of political rhetoric because it, it you know it's it's really easy to win an election by making people not like each other or trying to make people angry with other people uh and um i, I think it does massive damage to our interactions with each other in a way that goes way way beyond that moment of you know that election day or um and and i yeah i i i i i'm sort of skirting around whatever your actual question was but <laughs> no. yeah no i i think i i i think that there is i think there are a lot of social structures that we kind of take for granted and that we a lot of the time we don't even notice and we don't see but that that um, make it harder for us to like um, look after each other and uh, I it's an exciting challenge to try to reveal them or to explore them and and hopefully um, yeah as you say make, <laughs> make more make space for love <laughs> as much as possible all yeah. love all love yeah. well, we're running out of time now so I have one last question okay for you. cool do you believe in life after love Uh, I can't get past the the, the song in in my head now. So yeah, yeah. Um, do you want me to actually um, no, that answer was the question, or you just 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 for the reaction? Just yeah, for the reaction, yeah, and yeah. that I can't, this has gone so quickly. I'm, I, I have enjoyed this. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> kept you relaxed, kept yeah. you comfortable. Um, thank you so much, so much for sharing your time with me and 
Thank giving you me your for inf- having me. No, anytime. It's been a real Seriously. pleasure. Thank you so much. Come over for dinner sometime. <laughs> well, I'll cook you a curry. Cool. You you can cast me in something, hopefully. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening in. They've been Adam. I've been on a verge of a nervous breakdown since 2006. Make sure you subscribe to Iris Podcast and we'll hope to catch you again soon. Bye.